Second Bananas is recorded on unceded Indigenous land belonging to the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Unceded means that this land was never surrendered, relinquished, or handed over in any way. We support the various strategies that Indigenous peoples use to protect their land and their communities, and we commit to working in solidarity with them. We acknowledge that as people living and working on these lands, we are accountable to those who have cared for this land since time immemorial. It is our intention to continue learning how to honor this responsibility. Never went back to. Uh, oh, she was in that Dickinson show that we were talking about with uh, in the group chat at work. But yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Like, she's in the Pitch Perfect movies. Okay, yes, that's it. That's it. And Got then she it. also had like a pop. Like she was like, uh, like singing as well, right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Did a, did a song with Machine Gun Kelly. You know, I just watched that. He just put out a video with like Megan Fox, I think, and it's. I was like, well, he just put out like a whole pop this? punk album. Like, I didn't okay. even. I haven't listened to it yet, but yeah. Yeah yeah anyway yeah um, yeah yeah should we talk about some, some stuff some yeah, second banana what, you, stuff? Uh, what do you what yeah what's going on in second bananas world um should we talk about the episode should we do an introduction are we introducing now yeah we can yeah we can still we can still introduce we can introduce uh guys welcome folks folks uh folks. welcome Ladies to second bananas uh this is a podcast about people places and things that stand in something or someone else's much larger shadow and uh i'm joe stillwell i'm wes craig's not here today craig is not here today just disappeared just vanished into the mist he's he's off grid sometimes we don't you don't know where he is but we don't question it when he's here we're we're all just comes in and out of our lives like the sasquatch (laughs) yeah what do we what do we got what are we talking about today so I thought we'd do some smaller sort of like, by the way, people, we're still on quarantine. We're, we're recording separately. So please yes. forgive we're my audio through. quality. Yes. If audio quality, quality <laughs> is not quite up to snuff in these episodes, uh, um, that's because we, yeah, we're all just using our own gear right now. And Yeah. We hope to be either back in studio or get some better gear for this um, soon. But in the meantime... Uh, yeah, if this episode's audio quality isn't this great, well, suck it up. Yeah, but um, suck we thought up. we'd do what I am what I am calling, and I'm sure Craig and Wes will resist me on this is pandemisodes. We're just gonna try and do some shorter stuff that's a little less maybe intensive, maybe less of a deep dive, because uh, we are all our other episodes were extensively researched. Um, <laughs> But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I thought I'd bring this one up. This is something that's sort of in my wheelhouse pretty badly, pretty strongly. Um, and it's, uh, well, have you ever heard the song American Idiot by Green Day? I have, and I probably heard it at least 7,000 times in yeah. the summer of, what was that, like 2005? 2000? Well, it was, it was when Bush got reelected. So it was either uh, like 2000 four or 2005 like it was around that time okay right? yeah i remember that was like the that was the song that was just played on on repeat on a lot of stations because like american yeah. idiot was huge and 
Like every, well, that was, was what like, kind of blew Green Day back up after they'd like they'd been going for a while, but they hadn't really had any yeah. big hits. Like they had because they did they did like Nimrod, and then that was sort of like what put them on the map. Well, right, and then of like like cemented them, and then they yeah, kind of they like, did oh Warning, God, which like people didn't love, and uh, I liked it. I think it's a good album. I think it's definitely different. And then they did a few other albums that didn't really do anything big, and then they they blew up with American Idiot, and that album yeah. that song that album had like all of their hits on right, like that was like right Boulevard of Broken Dreams, Wake Me Up When September Ends. I can't remember oh, if Twenty One yeah. Guns was on that album or not. I think I it is know. too. I feel like it is, but it, yeah, it might not be. But um, they got a lot of a lot of hits out of that album. Yeah, because I remember it. Like that was really the only after Dookie. That was kind of when I remember hearing about them again. Was like really? kind of an American idiot. Yeah, like I didn't I didn't follow punk that closely, and, uh, okay. but I was all over like Dookie, and then so American Idiot when that came out, I was like, whoa, Green Day is like back and. It wasn't just like people my age that were listening to it. It was funny because it was like yeah. all my like a lot of older people, like people my parents' age, were like, "Oh yeah, I really like." Well, and younger people too. Like, I didn't realize this, but I watched a video about them from this channel, and the guy was talking about how like they bring people up on stage to play songs with them, like just fans and stuff like that. Um, really, I didn't realize they were doing that. That's really cool. I think. Um, yeah, but yeah, That's- I think like. So like, I mean, I don't know if you know, like, so you're not like super into punk, but do you know about like the controversy surrounding Green Day and everything? Um, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I do. So I might, I might surrounding this, uh, like one of their songs, but no, I don't think I did about like a a bigger controversy surrounding Green Day. Yeah. So when, what happened was when Green Day was like, Green Day started as like a really, like no name indie punk band in like the DIY California uh, scene. Like they played at a place called nine Two Four Gilman. And basically like they were like really ensconced in like the DIY anti-corporate, like anti-capitalist punk scene that was especially prevalent in um, sort of like um, the 19, the late 1980s and the early 1990s. And they played a lot of shows at this place called nine Two Four Gilman which there's a book about it. Like you can Google it. It's like a very famous, like all like their whole thing was like all ages. They were one of the first, but like all ages shows to put up one of those signs. that was like no sexism, no racism, no homophobia, no transphobia, no drugs, no drinking stuff like that. Right. And, and 924 Gilman is actually still around. And part of the reason is it is still around is because green day has given them a shitload of money. Hmm. Oh, it even um, said in the nineteen four Gilman Wikipedia page says Gilman is mostly associated with being a springboard for nineties punk revival led by bands like Green Day, Operation Ivy, Rancid, and the Yeah, yeah. and that's what happened was these. So it was sort of like right after Nirvana blew up, mm. um, and like Green Day got a chance to sign to a major label, and like I think like I mean I get it like they are like a very like radio friendly band in a certain way, like especially for a punk band. Green Day, yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so. So anyway, so they dropped Dookie, and that was like a major <laughs> label. <laughs> they dropped Dookie. Good one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like I just picture Billy Joe, like Billy Joe, like squatting over the side of a wall and like. Whoa! <laughs> uh, but um, good album. Yeah, he um so anyway, Green Day drops this album and they blow up and like it it was they were banned from playing there. 
um, at the Gilman. Eventually, yeah, like one because of the they things, were too mainstream. Yeah, well, that they had basically sold out. Like this was really like right. when because like I'm I'm, again, like this is really getting off topic, but like DIY punk has its own like ideas and stuff like that, and that like I think like right. some of that is very um, is totally bullshit. And like the truth is, like for for me, my ultimate opinion on it, and that's all that matters for this podcast because it's my podcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is that um, you know a band. If you if you want to treat your band like a job, then you have to accept that you're going to have to do things for money, and you're not all and you're not going to be able to be like the perfect super DIY like never take corporate money kind of shit person. I think like yeah, and I think there's different layers beyond that, but like I also do think that to be fair, like there was a problem in the nineties of like these, these, these DIY independent scenes that were specifically fighting even before it was popular. Like they were feminist, they were like pro queer, they were like, you know, like Mm -hmm. anti-racism and they cultivated those spaces that way on purpose. And what happened when bands like green day and Nirvana got big was they would get knucklehead fans that only cared about the aggression of the music. And those fans Mm -hmm. would, yeah, they'd go to these shows, but then they'd also like, start coming to venues like 924 Gilman and bringing all the bullshit with them. And also like you built your career off the back of people who never saw any money, who never like blah, blah, blah. Like that's, that's a larger like argument about capitalism and stuff too. Uh But like there, there's understandable frustration with it. So anyway, um, what's interesting about green day being, sort of this indie band is like they did a lot of diy stuff and they continue to to this day like billy joe had a record label for a while um they tried to support lookout for a long time they let them get money from the back catalog of like all their releases before um but billy joe was actually in a bunch of other bands and one of them was this band called pinhead gunpowder which was like him and this guy called Aaron Comet Bus and a bunch of other DIY punks. Wait, his name was Comet Bus. Was his last That's not name? his. Yes, Aaron Comet oh. Bus, like all one word. Okay. Just Google. I can't remember whether that's his real name or not, but I hope so. Um, no, his real name's Aaron Elliot. But yeah, so Comet Bus was his zine, and so yeah. like, and it's all one word. And he, so he, he also played in a couple of other bands called um, uh, Crimp Shrine. He he was sort of friends with the guy who was in Operation Ivy and Common Rider, um, and again, that's where Rancid came from. Is Tim Armstrong uh, uh, okay, was a yeah. guitarist for Operation Ivy? Yeah, I know some Rancid. Yeah, so they all kind of came out of this scene, and some of these bands blew up and became big mega hit superstars, like rock stars, basically. And Billy Joel also played in this band called Pinhead Gunpowder. Pinhead Gunpowder did a split record with this other band called Dillinger four. Now Dillinger four are almost kind of the opposite of green day. Um, they are a bunch of old fat dudes. <laughs> right. um, like, and they released their first album in 1998. Um, they had been playing, like they had a few EPs, but so they sort of inspired their own independent wave of, um, of pop punk. And their pop punk is pretty different from Green Day's. Um, A, they have two guitars, so it's much more that like layered guitar sound. Mm. Um, but those guys, um, they're from Minnesota. Minnesota. They're actually from mm. Minneapolis. And um, oh, wow. there's a there's a really great Vice article about them called uh, In Dillinger 4 We Trust. 
Actually, I was reading of, that, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so yeah, it's a really good article. It kind of gets at what Dillinger 4 is all about. Basically, like, they don't fucking do anything for anyone that they don't want to. Um, and again, I think that's, like, why... Um, that's why uh, they're sort of not famous in the way Green Day is. And their yeah. albums are much less polished than Green Day's. Like, if you listen to their stuff, it's very, like, unpolished, rougher. It's still pop punk, and it's still really catchy, but it's not something that would necessarily get played on the radio. And I think the article actually mentions that I think their their biggest album sold, I think, 17,000 copies, which, like, that's huge for an independent punk band, for a DIY punk band. That's mm. not huge for Green Day. That's like right. nothing compared to Green Day. And, so, and probably not in like, especially in the early nineties or mid nineties or yeah. So yeah, they, they had all been in other bands before that, but so in 1998, they released a record called uh, Midwestern songs of the Americas. And it sort of redefines this. It makes this new pop punk sound that like lots of bands have copied since then. Uh, if you listen to like, off with their heads if you listen to banner pilot if you listen to um even like stuff now like uh arms aloft bands like that i'm sure i'm sure a lot of people have no idea who i'm talking yeah, about but trust me they're good bands they're on my radar but yes you can send me some of their cuts um and they released it on hopeless records which like i don't know if you know but hopeless is much more famous for stuff like um hopeless records was the i think they did like the punk goes pop compilations and stuff like that or that might have been fueled by ramen but they were sort of like they they were sort of the whole like they were on that wave of like that new emo meets pop punk kind of stuff like they've released Uh, bands like uh, neck deep all-time low newfound glory stuff like that like what's um well their biggest one now is like stand atlantic who's like a very like like enter shikari circa survive taking back sunday released some stuff with that kind of music Right. Avenged okay. Sevenfold was also, I think, released their first record. So I know them too. Yeah. Sort of okay. that new like emo indie emo punk revival that happened like in the early in the early two thousands after all of the the early nineties punk revival. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, I've been rambling. I've had two beers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, yeah, I I know of for They've got their. They're they're schlubby, but they got the mid. They're what's schlubby their, but lovable. What's their the mid mid sounds of the Midwest or something? Songs of the yeah, Midwest. So they, Midwestern songs of the Americas. Midwestern sounds of the Americas. Um, and on it, sound hardcore. Sort of like the most well known track to a certain extent is "Double Whiskey Coke No Ice." Uh, all one word: Double Whiskey Coke No Ice. <laughs> when um, I when I looked that up because you had sent me the link to the song, I was like, "Oh, it's Double Whiskey." Double whiskey coke noise. Yeah, like, noise. Like, like Andy Samberg. Double whiskey so coke like, noise. noise. Yeah, no, I like, can believe okay, that. Cool, cool, cool. I'm sure they'd they'd enjoy that or hate <laughs> it, but um, uh, so they released this song and it's a good song and uh, maybe I'll just get you to play like a quick 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 clip of it here for yeah. whatever the allowable time is. So yeah, let's play some of it for the listeners. <laughs> Yeah. And that was that. That was like it. That? it was I hope good. you guys you guys liked it, obviously, because it's a great song. Yeah. Um Dillinger 4 was definitely like so they've released a couple albums and they released another album later that sort of got me into them. And then I went back and got um 
Midwestern songs of the Americas. And that's probably my favorite album of theirs now, but, um, but yeah, they're, they've been a band since 1996 or something, I think. And they've released four albums and they'll, they, and they're still, still together. together. Oh, wow. yeah, they're still together. They just don't play shows outside of Minneapolis. And one of their rules is they don't play shows outside because they hate it. They'll only That's play great. shows at indoor venues. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. They go and play like the fest every year, which is like one of the big punk festivals in Gainesville. And like, they only play like once in a while. And they said like, they just basically like play when they want to and they make music when they want to. And they actually hate, they hate most of the recording process. The only uh, things they like are like writing songs and playing songs. And that's pretty much <laughs> it. But yeah. anyway, um, Double Whiskey Coconut Ice, it's out for a few years. And I should mention, of course, like, as you know, I said, Billy Joe had this, Billy Joe Armstrong had this other band that he, he yeah. released a split record with Dillinger 4 on. So he was at least aware of that. He was at least like kind of like in the know. Uh-huh about right, Dillinger sure. 4. He didn't he knew they existed. And then in like he 2004 or whatever, like literally like almost like like 8 years later or whatever, 6 years later, American Idiot comes out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh and what's on that album? That sounds oddly familiar. Yeah. Discerning listeners might notice a similarity. Yeah, um, that's that's like strikingly And it similar. is and that's so it was funny because when I was researching this, because I just Googled Green Day uh Dillinger four and Green Day Dillinger Four lawsuit comes up. But then also I found a few other articles claiming where other either other so apparently oasis accused green day of stealing wonderwall <laughs> wonderwall what song of green day sounds like Wonderwall? is it so green day was also sued by a guy in oregon claiming he wrote all of the lyrics and composed the melodies for american idiot um okay. i'm not sure what <laughs> happened with that uh i don't i don't know what the fuck happened with that but um <laughs> Anyway, a lot of people want to get in on the American Idiot action. If you point. Google like Green Day stole songs, you'll find like there's a cracked article. There's a dying scene article. Um, <laughs> I just love that Oasis accused like Green Day of ripping off. Oh, they said Boulevard of Broken Dreams is based on Wonderwall. And like a like okay. Wonderwall is like the most common chord progression in pop music. <laughs> It's literally like the Paco Bell's canon. Like it's like the, I don't know if you've ever seen that guy who does like all of the songs that are in the same chord progression as Paco Bell's canon. No, I haven't. Literally, especially like pop punk songs, like Paco Bell's canon has like, it's in G and it uses a chord progression that literally like, uh, you know, vitamin C, like, like as we go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That song, which is literally samples Paco Bell's canon. Then, oh yeah, yeah, I know the, I know the canon. You know what? Uh, you know what else is in that same key with the same chord progressions? Black oh, Parade yeah. by My Chemical Romance. It's literally the same chord progression. It's like so. It's just right. funny that Oasis is like, because Oasis like they're such like shitheads anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and they just ripped off the Beatles, but for them to be like, <laughs> yeah, Green Day stole our songs, like, okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I feel, I feel Oasis will not shy away from any chance to get in. Yeah, to get, get some attention. Yeah. There are other like um, comparisons that you can look up that I think like some of them are fair in terms of like these songs sound like each other. So, okay. We're kind of getting off track here. Apparently Green Day has been accused of stealing songs, but I think like what's funny is like, let's hear the riff for Double Whiskey Coke No Ice and the riff for American Idiot back to back. And that way we can just, everyone can just get their guts out. So, all right, let's hear that. There we go. See? All right. So, Come to your own conclusions. I'm not going to judge you, but um, it's poached. They poached that. I mean, like a then, so you're like you're like you're like Team Dillinger Four, for sure. Like that's I, it especially is, knowing it, how close like their circles ran. Like, well, I, that's the thing, and like they're not. There's enough. Like, so interestingly, that Vice article that I talk about, they actually, they actually mention it, and. So what it says is, yeah, um, just reading from the Vice article here, like they're basically talking about American Idiot. And it's like that album's title track, it's worth noting, bears a striking resemblance to Dillinger's Double Whiskey Coke No Ice, leading to the two bands allegedly settling out of court for an undisclosed amount. Though when asked about this rumor, every member D4 responded with a dutiful no comment. No comment. So they must have gotten paid decent? Oh, like- this is my this is what's interesting is like those guys are such fucking trolls like if you read that article you'll sort of see what their sense of humor is like like and like honestly i could see them like even if there was no settlement and there's just they just like don't care just them doing that in order to fuck with people is totally 100 percent something they would do right um but i think either way so like it's just funny because they sound like so similar yeah and um but do you think I want so when do you think when did it say that they settled in 2004? It doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. Every, I, and I looked this up online. What's interesting is there is a so I did some research and I actually found on the talk page for American Idiot someone brought it up. So if you go to the talk page for American Idiot on Wikipedia, um, someone links to a video that is called Dillinger 4 or Green Day, question mark. And Warner Music Group has blocked it on copyright grounds. Uh, Which, uh, like, again, that could just be because they play both songs and there's enough of a, of a clip of the song that Warner Music's, like, fucking bots were like, uh, report this to YouTube. Right. Yeah, no. But if, if you Google it, like, there's people talking about it and there's no confirmation. So, like, if there was a settlement, clearly it's been, like, very quiet, open and shut. Um, And, like, oh, also, nice. like, it's fucking punk rock. I, I'm perfectly happy to be, like, I, I, I like Dillinger 4. I want them to have money. I hope they got some money out of that. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you play that kind of music, there's only so many ways you can make it sound different, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But... <laughs> 
I don't know. I yeah. think like it's like I think there's an argument to be made that it was an accident, like or that it was just in the back of Billy Joe's mind and he didn't even think about it. You know, could be. What do you think? I've heard that uh, that uh, rationalization or excuse, whatever you call it, like used in in some cases. And in the cases that it's been used, I feel like the songs or whatever it was that they were imitating or 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 claiming to have been copied sounded even less like that's true. And the thing is, Dillinger Four and and so American Idiot songs. What's really like. interesting about Double Whiskey Coke No Ice is that riff is only like the first thirty seconds of the song. Like it right, really yeah. does not. It's whereas Green Day, that riff is like the center. Piece. Yeah, it makes up. That's the like song. the true. main riff of the song, right? Yeah, and that's that's what's kind of interesting is like the funniest thing I found is there's another video that I'll put in the comments where some Green Day fan got so fucking mad he went online and he he put he took a bunch of Green Day songs that kind of sound like Dillinger Four songs that they wrote on older albums than Midwestern songs. And he tried to, he, he tries to claim in this video that they're like, look, Dillinger Four actually ripped off Green Day a bunch of times. Right. And they're so not even comparable that <laughs> it's actually just funny. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. good on you, Green Day stands yep, for protecting you your the, king. The diehard fans, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's, good. it's good that, uh, yeah, they're... They're willing to to go to the lengths. They gotta protect their king. They gotta yeah. they gotta make sure Billy Joe sees it. Um, but I think that these like it makes sense that you know of course if you want to get at least the recognition that you you wrote something if it's gonna be like made super famous like yeah and like was. again like going back to what we talked about with Green Day sort of being like excommunicated from the punk scene like they did kind of use the punk scene. They wouldn't have got where they were without the punk scene that already existed that a bunch of people put work into. And I think it's fair to say that Green Day has sort of put in their own way, even becoming international rock stars have, have put a lot of time into making sure that that scene, like they took, they even took like um, Pansy Division, who are like an openly gay punk band, like back in the nineties on tour with them. And they and there were venues that didn't want to let Pansy Division play, and they and they and Green Day was like, okay, then we won't play there, and stuff like that. Like, I'm I'm not saying Green Day hasn't done stuff for the community, but at the end of the day, like, they're millionaires, and I'm I think a couple of the guys in Dillinger Four still like do part time bar work to like oh, make really? ends to pay their bills and stuff. Yeah, yeah well, one of them thinking... owned a bar in Minneapolis for a long time. Okay. Um, wow. The Triple Rock Social Club. It was kind of a famous punk hangout, but it's closed down now. You couldn't yeah. have saved that bar, Billy Joe. Come on, you couldn't. Have, you couldn't have reopened the Triple Rock. Come on, Come on. Billy. Yeah, you couldn't have. You couldn't. Have, you couldn't have used your millions. Yeah, to benefit my personal causes. I could. I never got to go to the Triple Rock. I've never been to the Triple Rock, and I'll never get to. It's a shame. That is. That's. It is sad. I wonder. What do you think if they did settle? I wonder what they would have settled for, because I guess if they're still they are still working like at bars and stuff. Then well, I mean, you never know. Money. They probably either got a percentage of the of the sales, or they settled for an unknown figure. I don't know. Like again, like that's all hush hush. <clears throat> and I like I don't know how much money they've made off fucking um 
their their albums right like seventeen thousand copies is a lot of copies but it's not that many copies for four people um yeah can i imagine that i wonder anyway i I, uh, like not trying to elevate themselves on like streaming services now or getting cuts from that but yeah i don't know um I mean, yeah, I just like Dillinger 4. I think more people should listen to them. I've, I I thought we'd have more debate on this, but I feel like we're both kind of on I the mean, same page. I am. I see. I can see where like where Green Day would be coming from. And I feel like because they, they did settle, it's like, I mean, at, at least they're not complete assholes where they're like, you know, fuck you. You didn't write any of this. But I mean, the evidence yeah, is like and- there in the sense that, you know, they did release an album with that track on it. And it does sound strikingly similar to American Idiot. And, so oh, and like and the fact that Dillinger 4 is just like they all say no comment like again like that could just be them fucking with people but it's also um it's also just like totally something they just say to fuck with people so yeah. I don't know and I think and like I guess it's true like if it is it's almost it's almost like it was sampled because like think about how often that's done granted like a lot of the times well, yeah. With hip hop and stuff now, it is like they will. Well, samples are all like you have to at least get permission. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like it's still like a like like a lot of that stuff is is settled. That was like I think there was a big case about that at one point, right? Like I think so. Yeah, not too long ago, or maybe a few um, years ago. But yeah, I think that that is kind of before a lot of those like big sampling stuff started happening i think in the later 90s where it's like i don't i don't know if it's sampling everything and i like, think this like yeah i it feels to me it was around the same time and it's not sampling it. it's not even a, like like calling it sampling is pretty fucking generous that's sort of like yeah. they just take the track and built the song around that riff. and like you know like there are songs of dillinger fours that i'm like oh that's the same like i can hear the pogues in dillinger four right yeah. or like stuff like that where they do like and it's not even like a riff per se it's more like a rhythm and again like that's like a thing where it's like well this genre punk is like right <clears throat> there's because like of- x amount of space in punk right like like if you go like that's the weird thing about like music genres is like uh-huh. there's a there's a boundary but it's soft and for some people it's it's softer and some people it's harder and like yeah when does a punk record if you go too far, end up being a reggae record or like a, a, a psychobilly record or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that the very fact that green day did like make them an offer and settle with them out of court is the fact well, that we don't they... know. Like we, you keep saying that, but it's not like we have any no, proof that. that it happened. Oh, no, it's not. No, there's no, like nobody has said anything. Like the most we have is that there's a bunch of rumors about it. And Dillinger four, whenever asked, say no comment. Oh, uh yeah, so double whiskey coke no ice, clearly stolen. We've decided. I think um, I think it was stolen, but they took Green Day took a good riff and made like a whole song out of it. Yeah. Whereas they what did, what did Dillinger Four ever do? Really? They they created the riff, but they didn't. Uh, maybe they didn't um, didn't do enough with it, and then Green Day came along and said, "You know what? I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. And I'm really make a fly." yeah sometimes it's sometimes that's that's copyright sometimes look we all know billy joe is a genius um according to um what is it wikipedia Uh, joke is passed um (laughs) according to his 
according to 7101998 Green Day, who has 189 subscribers, uh, Billy Joe is the genius and Dillinger 4 just ripped them off. So, I mean, I'm inclined to believe a guy who has 189 subscribers. Um, he's, he's getting, he's reaching people. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, <laughs> Do you think punk is like this still has those same uh, mentality? It's like you mentioned, like they were always, yeah, about kind of creating that that safe space or being like a place for like alternative. I think that still exists. Cultures. I think like I think it's broader now, and I think I think in the '90s it became really almost too close minded, and I, that was a reaction to what happened with like Green Day and all these other bands kind of exploding, and then just bringing a bunch of shitheads into the scene. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think also like my, like th- this is a more complex subject, but like what's punk really? Like there's a lot of bands that I don't, I don't, don't necessarily consider play punk rock, but they're sort of like punk bands in the sense of like, they are a DIY band or like they did make their own shit for a long time or like they still try and involve the audience in everything they do. And like, I also don't think punk, like people, people use punk rock to mean like, something cool now like that they like and they think is personally admirable as opposed to like like i have a personal opinion which is like and i've opined about this on twitter which is like that definition of punk is stupid basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like punk can't just be whatever's good it's like punk to me punk is like um very much about like doing what you can with what you have uh when you're when you're when you're whatever like your your musical equipment your musical knowledge your your ability are limited and just making something in the spirit of like fuck it let's make a record or whatever mm-hmm. and that's the thing is i think like <clears throat> a band like green day aren't really punk they play punk music but they're not like a punk band if you know what i mean and that's fine that doesn't make them a bad band or like what they, that doesn't mean that they don't do good things but i just like I I don't I would never it's like you can't be a punk if you're a millionaire because punk is all about using what you have and not like getting the perfect things because like if you're a millionaire you can buy whatever you want to make a record right I guess is what I'm saying so in that sense would you do you think that the term pop punk is almost oxymoronic no because like pop punk refers to like a certain sound of music I guess is what I'm saying. Right. And like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm more so getting at like, say that you had a punk bat, a punk band that was almost like manufactured in the sense that a pop star was manufactured. Well, and like, there are punk bands like that, like to a certain, to a greater or lesser extent, it's like, like Avril Lavigne was that, yeah. you know, like, and there's actually, there's a funny little anecdote about Avril Lavigne in the Dillinger four article. Um, no, I don't think those are punk bands and that's fine. And like, again, like, I, I think like what people hear when they hear punk people say that is and like punk fans and punk rockers say that is like, oh, well, fuck you. We're not in your club. It's like, no, no. Like, I don't care if you like Avril Lavigne, like, fuck, like I like some terrible pop stars. Like, it's just music. And and I think that's part of my bigger problem is sort of the way music is sort of treated as like this, um, how like cool and underground you are. And it's like, fuck, it's just like noise, like like i don't care what noise you like yeah i definitely Um, remember like there being uh at least in the 90s there being like a thing where it's like you it was way cooler to know to listen to stuff that was like yeah not not mainstream it would be like oh yeah have you heard of this band yeah because and that's because of nirvana Nirvana it's like whatever 
indie rock and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and I think that, that was. It was like the developing indie yeah. rock scene. Yeah. And like when capitalism gets a hold of it, of course, it turns that into a like, well, I'm better than you because I'm more indie than you. That's how it markets mm-hmm. itself, right? Is like yes, how yes. to be the biggest fan, how to be the biggest fan of the indie thing is to be the one who knows the most obscure shit and buys the weird obscure records. Yeah. Even yeah. if they're actually put out by Warner Music, right? Yes. But I do think like, yeah, like there is some power to the DIY thing in the sense of like, it's accessible in a way that like putting out a record on a major label isn't. Well, I was just going to say like you were just saying about like the kind of uh, like almost like the subculture that it creates. I feel like punk maybe with the exception of like hip hop has like the strongest like subculture associated with the music. Yeah, I think I think the difference is um, punk doesn't have like a built in like racial element like it does it, it's punk has a whiteness element into it and that's part of the problem of punk um and like bl- like hip-hop no matter how big it gets can always represent an outsider to a certain extent because it's about being black and about being like right. the the experience of being black in an you know in a right. racist world Whereas, I guess like, I can't forget country, obviously. And that, that's not to say, culture, like, there aren't, yeah. like, yeah, there aren't, like, shitty rappers who, like, become millionaires and are, like, assholes or whatever, and they're not really, like, true hip-hop anymore. That's not for me to say, because I'm not, like, a big hip-hop guy. Um, yeah. I like it, but it's not my favorite. But I would say, like, that's, that's like, what punk doesn't have is, like, you, you once once you become, yeah, I would say even, like, established in the punk community, um, you're no longer really, like, a punk in that sense because like you have clout and you have cred and that makes that opens doors for you that don't exist when you're just a bunch of fucking kids making a record in your basement right and i think like ultimately to me like to me it's more important that punk continues to build scenes like the ones that dillinger 4 are part of and even like smaller than what dillinger 4 is part of like dillinger 4 is big for punk Like they're like a a well-known established, like if you talk, if you go to like a punk show in most North American venues and you say Dillinger four, people will know who you're talking about. They're not like famous. I had heard heard of them too. Yeah. Yeah. And you've heard of them. So that's like, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even very familiar with punk. So I guess that. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, there's sort of these weird and especially now, since the internet came out, there's all these weird separate punk scenes and that's where real punk is made. And like, like, again, like I don't care who inspired you. If green day inspired you to, to make a punk record in your basement, then that record's still punk, you know, like, but you're not punk or you're not punk or for listening to Dillinger four and hating green day. Like that's not what punk is either. Punk is just about like, the spirit of punk or whatever dumb bullshit, which is a dumb bullshit concept in itself. <laughs> but, spirit um, of punk. But it's yeah, cool. I think like I tweeted like a long time ago, like it's just the, what makes it punk is like you made it with what you had available. So like that's why Wesley Willis is fucking punk because he like was this like poor guy who could afford like a Casio keyboard and then he just yelled about mullets and Batman on the bus. <laughs> you know Wesley Willis? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rock and no, Roll McDonald's, like should, cut that mullet. Know. He was released on no, Jello Biafra's like label. Everybody, look up Wesley Willis, please. He's dead now, unfortunately, but he was great. <clears throat> he was punk. Was he like uh, one of the? Was he like pre-Sex Pistols type punk? Or like... no, no. This is like the '80s or the '90s that he was oh, doing okay. most of his stuff. Um, 
actually that's an that's an episode we're gonna yeah, have to do uh, is uh, well, death like it has the band it death. has changed but i feel like yeah unlike some other genre well i guess yeah a lot of genres like maintain their like like punk i guess would be like loud or like it's always been pretty loud and aggressive i guess it's been characterized as punk but um but yeah, it's it's interesting. I wonder where it's like where it's headed now. What's like? Can do you know what 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 are the really big like acts in punk today? Well, that depends on like how big you're talking about. Like to me, like the stuff that I listen to, like yeah, um, so like the that, biggest acts so in punk today like, are like fucking Green Day. <laughs> yeah, like, like they're still one of the biggest punk acts, or like still? I guess like a Stand Atlantic, or like well, even punk isn't even really punk anymore. Like most yeah, of us, I'm just like, wondering, like where is it coming? Where's where's the genre going? What are the up and comers? Like I well, used to know like, like, all I like, remember is like the pop punk, like uh, my chemical well, romance. That kind of, the there was like a so story. there was my chemical romance and the emo stuff in the in the like yeah, <clears> early two thousands. That's my last that's like my last kind of where I saw punk yeah, And then there was kind of a small the problem is there's all these tiers to the punk scene and like a lot of bands now don't even rise up to that level, right? Like I think like my chemical romance was sort of the last I guess like the used and like um what's the other one the panic at the disco like those bands were kind of all from that period and we haven't really had another big explosion but like even like the stuff that's that's really popular now is like um it's like emo rap which isn't even really rap it's like it's like emo music but they just have 808 drum machines okay yeah no yeah. i'm not yeah no and it's like not that. it's it's also like some of like like some people call juice world emo rap which like i get juice and like world. you can hear it oh, okay. yeah it's like juice world like yeah um but then like most of them are like white dudes um rapping in their basement or singing over like 808 drum machines and stuff and it's it's not it's good it's just it's not my cup of tea and like there are still new punk bands right. putting out stuff like i i really like bands like spanish love songs um uh, mannequin pussy is another really great band <laughs> i love mentioning that name and then having people like it's like an all-female or mostly female like band but like yeah their man, band name is mannequin pussy and just like when people are like well what bands do you listen to i'm like uh mannequin pussy <laughs> but um yeah like i would say like and there's also this weird thing now where like it's so much easier to record an album that isn't does because punk the reason it sounded like shit was because that was the easiest way to record a diy album like back in the day right. is when you had yeah. like a shitty a track right. now home like recording is so good like i can ma i can right. write like a prog rock record and like buy spend you know less than a thousand dollars and make like a right. decent sounding like fucking like jethro tull style album without ever having to go in the studio so like I don't, I don't think yeah. like, yeah. And like punk made the explosion it did. And it is like, it's white and it's like a suburb. It's mostly done by like suburban kids for the most part. So I think like, yeah. I don't know. I think like punk is just like rock is kind of dying, you know, in a way. And it's not like going to just go away, but it's like, it's not like everything on the radio now is either like hip hop or like sort of like popish more, which is just hip hop anyway. Yeah. But I don't yeah, know. I mean, I don't... there's, there's, I think a lot of, a lot of the different, yeah, like probably not going to hear it on the radio, but I think just because with streaming and stuff, you can get, there's like a lot more people listening to different types of music now, or at least like they're like actively seeking it out because 
because they could be like, oh, I I heard this band and they were cool. Let's see what, yeah. what else is like. Let's Definitely. find another and band I... that sounds like this band and they can find stuff out like that way. So um, I think, and I think maybe, that's like, yeah, maybe there's more people that will just find find this. Well, stuff and what's easier they, to make is like a punk record or like like it's so much easier to sample stuff and do a hip hop record. And I don't mean that to like say like, oh, hip hop people don't like it's hard to make good music, but like it's so much easier to do like to to like do remixes or sampling or like if you're one person trying to make music, like I get why people use drum machines and samples and stuff, because it's so much easier to make music that works for you than it is to try and get four people to all buy enough equipment to like have a like right. a guitar that is overdriven and sounds like a punk sound and then a bassist and then a drummer and then someone singing. And that's like three to five people you got to split money between and you got to haul gear around where it's like, yeah, if, if you're just a person in your bedroom and you're 16 years right. old or whatever, yeah. like, yeah, don't yeah. buy all that yeah. shit. Like buy whatever instrument you <laughs> yeah. use yeah, and get a, get a, a right. sample, yeah. like a mixer or whatever, and like record some shit in your bedroom. Like that's, that's more punk in a way. So yeah, man. Yeah. The way the production is going, it does it does seem to that it's it's not favoring like the actual like live live bands as much. But well, and that's I mean, like that's, a money thing, and that's I like a capitalism thing, and I it sucks. That, yeah, you, you think capitalism's great? No, I said live music. Wes coming out great, with a hot take. <laughs> I mean, capitalism. No, I think like I don't know. I mean, uh, music is just music. Like it's it's set by the like we all have a material concerns or whatever, and like. Yeah, like it sucks that like we don't see like eight person ska bands on tour anymore because it's too fucking expensive. And like I would love to see more eight person ska bands, but I get why people don't make them because they're hard to fucking make. It's hard enough to get like four people to agree on music and make a good band out of it and like click as musicians. Like like in these days, this day and age when you can just make your own shit, like I get why it happens less and I get why DJs are popular. It's not my favorite shit, but like I don't, I don't know. People love it. People did really love like love like, yeah. like P- Baby Shark was like a huge fucking hit, you know? <laughs> like, and not just with kids. Like, I know adults that listen to that shit, and it makes me angry. But like, that's just my own personal like bullshit chauvinism coming to the surface, right? Like, yeah, no, <laughs> I think that was the I, thing. Like, in my early twenties, I was that guy that was like, man, fuck, like, fuck corporate rock, man, and fuck these posers. And then I realized that it's all like that. Like, that's what you have to do, even if you're a fucking punk band. You know, you know, you know. I'm an old, I'm a crusty old man. Crust, you're crust punk. I'm not a crust punk, unfortunately. <laughs> that's another discussion. What is crust punk? What are crust punks? Uh, crust punks are like those dudes that you see like doing like squeegeeing people's windows and they have like all the patches and they usually have like one or two gross dreadlocks. And then they're like, they're wearing car hearts with like metal band patches all over them. Like those kind of kids. Okay. Okay. And then crust punk music is like generally sort of a more like almost like a black metal infused punk, like D beat, like bands like crass would be crust punk. Um, I'm trying to think of other like, Fuck the facts is like a grindcore band. Um, I'm not good at this. Like I love punk, but as soon as I start talking about it, I'm like, ah, but then also like a lot of crust punks play like folk punk. So it just depends. But like crust punk culture is sort of the like ultimate expression of, of it being an individual punk. Like they usually like they hop, like they hop trains and they like 
live in tents and they like smell disgusting and they drive like shitty camper vans. And a lot of them are like scammers or like part-time like street performers and stuff like that. It's just like a whole culture. And like the whole problem is it's not easily describable or when you describe it, people are like, Oh, criminals. You're talking about criminals. And like, no, (laughs) yes, but (laughs) But, but cross punks are cool. Uh, I don't know. They're okay. Please don't. Please yeah. don't come to my house and smash my shit. I don't know. No. No. no anyway. Uh, yeah. What What about you, Wes? What What What's your favorite yeah. genre? I'm gonna say probably since university, I've been into like probably like lo-fi hip hop has been right. my staple that I haven't really. I only really got yeah, into lo-fi I really recently, out of it so. for a long time. I, I've had a lot of phases. Like I started, I started liking music. Did you yeah, have a Papa Roach phase? I, I definitely. <laughs> I had I a def- Papa Roach yeah. phase. What was the song? Was Cut my out. life into pieces. Yeah. This last was my yeah. last resort. <laughs> I definitely had a last resort phase in uh, grade nine. Probably that was like so. the rap rock stuff. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I had a heavy. I was really. I think in like grade nine and ten so i was like big into like metallica and- well that was when it all came out i remember like someone posted a picture of like a disc man in like someone's coat pocket and they were like what song does this remind you of and all i could think of was wake up grab a bunch of put a little makeup <laughs> like oh, instantly that, that's that um, system of a down system of a down yeah yeah they were good oh man but i <laughs> i remember all those like those like puddle of mud and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like the, the nirvana ripoffs like that's yeah. like all that that's that's something another thing that like punk talks about a lot is like all of the horrible shitty like like the big thing about punk especially like once it came to the u.s and became the sort of underground thing was like you had like bands like bikini kill and fugazi who were like very political and very like active in the fight against things like you know sexism and misogyny and like you know against u.s foreign policy and against like you know, like the moral majority and all the stuff that was happening in America in the eighties. And Nirvana was one of those bands. Like if you actually look into who Kurt Cobain was and his lyrics and what he believed in, he was like very, he was like a leftist. He wasn't even like, he was anti-capitalist. And he was like, he said at one point, like, if you hate homosexuals, if you hate black people, if you hate women, don't come to our shows. Nobody fucking listened to him because they were selling millions of records. And that was why he sort of became as fucked up as he did was because like he, his whole thing that he was trying to do when they signed to a major label was being like, yeah, we're going to bring all these bands that I love up. And then instead what he did was he dragged all these fucking knuckleheads, like the guys that form puddle of mud who like beat their wives and then go to a punk show. They dragged all those guys back into punk after they'd spent years, like deliberately pushing those kinds of people out of that scene. Mm that's yeah, like a whole other cool. story so yeah it's bullshit punk man if you beat your wife don't go to punk shows it's pretty obvious yeah in fact if you don't beat your wife show. just kill yourself i guess yeah. i don't know it's like just don't do that <laughs> why did you why did you turn it to this <laughs> anyway yeah no i kind yeah, of interrupted that. you but uh, i, don't think I, I feel like this it. episode got way off the rails um i don't know it's okay we can do that it's true. Uh, it's a pandemisode. Pandemisode. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't have, doesn't have to stay on the rails. 
doesn't it? In fact, get rid of the rails. We're getting rid of the rails. <laughs> We're getting rid of the rails forever. But uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I apologize. Um, I think I, I think I think this is like a good place to call it, right? I don't know. This yeah. feels weird yeah, without I mean, Craig. <laughs> Yeah, it always feels weird without Craig. Oh, man. Yeah, that's what I say to my wife when we're kissing. <laughs> like, this feels weird without Craig. Craig, come back to us. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this uh, pandemisode, everybody. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back with another episode much like this very soon, probably in the yeah. next two weeks. We'll hit you with something. We may not record it in the next two weeks, but we will release it within two weeks of this episode. And yeah. This has been Second Bananas Pandemisode, Double Whiskey Coke, No Ice. Double Whiskey Coke, noise. I will please ask you guys to uh, give us a like and a review on iTunes, a five-star review, ideally. Please, helps uh, us. That would help us a lot. Um, and uh, we haven't been asking that, so I think we need to start. Yeah, we've been nice up until now, but now we're going to start uh, demanding. Yeah, the- yeah we're going to start demanding you guys do free labor for us. Mostly yeah, in the form please. of reviews. You can also tip us. There's a tip jar on, uh, you know, you know what? There is a tip jar, but I don't know how it works. So I'm gonna say figure it out. Just figure it out. Give us a tip, you know, or uh, subscribe to the Cave Goblin Patreon, one dollar a month. You get all kinds of good stuff. Um, listen to other Cave Goblin shows. There was an ad for one in this episode. So um, I'm Joseph Stillwell. I'm at Stop Joe Now on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Wes Walcott. You can find me at W2Dubs on Twitter and at Wes Walcott on Instagram. And yeah, we'll see you next time on Second Bananas. See you, folks. Bye. 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 Are you a new DM? Are you an experienced DM? Doesn't matter. Listen to DMs of Vancouver for great DMing advice. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.